This is the Sexual Alchemy Podcast for men who want to discover and embrace profound confidence, intimacy, pleasure, and connection. I'm Rebecca Lowry, and I invite you to explore who you really are as a confident, sexual, and sensual man. Whether you're dealing with specific sexual issues or you just know there's more to it than you've experienced so far, this is a safe space for you to learn, grow, and expand your erotic potential and possibilities. Hey, before we get into the show, I just wanted to invite you to the Festival of Sexuality. It's happening online April 7th to the 10th, 2022, and we have a fabulous lineup of world-class sexuality educators and facilitators. Sign up for free on my website or in the show notes below. Okay, on with the show. Hello and welcome. Today I have a doozy of a guest for you. Her name is Artemisia Divine, and she has absolute expertise and mastery over a really niche but very important area of understanding sexuality that even I find difficult to get behind and articulate in the way that she does. Really, she has an understanding in a way that blows me away. Artemisia is a specialist in the psychology behind what turns us on, how to play with it on purpose, and where we go inside ourselves when we do. She helps people make sense of and form aware relationships with their unique erotic wiring and guides them into the art of deliberately creating potent sexual experiences for themselves and their lovers. I know you're going to learn a lot. You're going to get a lot out of our conversation, really everything that she says. (laughs) Enjoy. Welcome to the Sexual Alchemy podcast. Artemisia, I'm so excited to have you here. There's so many questions I want to ask you, but we'll try and try and rein it in. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here talking to you. I've loved um, reading and listening to your things over the years. So this is pretty exciting for me too. It is. And, you know, I've always blown away by what you've written in the past about your work, because I know you had like a little private social media situation going on for people who were in a similar field. And I have deeply appreciated like kind of like a sharing circle, but that was, you know, a private social media thing. And your wisdom around the work is, is really out there in a way that I've never seen anywhere else, which we'll get into in a bit. But before we get there, tell us, you tell us about yourself, introduce yourself to what what do we need to know about you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, you've just done the intro, haven't you? So you have a little bit of an information, uh, an idea of of where I am at the moment. But I am focusing on sharing my art form, and my art form is what I have learnt over the last, well, it's over the last twenty seven years of sex geekery, but specifically about ten to twelve years, I think, of of full time sex work in a variety of different roles, including. Um, erotic massage, escorting, and probably most well known for my role as a professional dominatrix, but it's uh, also lots of different spiritual, sexual, spiritual sexuality traditions. Let's just call it that, right? <laughs> and I learned to create tailored play experiences for my clients based on their unique erotic wiring. So I My art form is really understanding the psychology behind each person's turn-ons and how to use that specifically in play in order to um, transport ourselves rather than, uh, because there's, there's, there's levels that we can achieve. We can have a fun time, but we can also drop a lot deeper into these sexual flow states and beyond if we know how to access the 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 map given to us by our turn-ons, right? So this is my art form at the moment, but I didn't begin there. <laughs> I didn't begin knowing. Okay, <laughs> yes. And we spoke a little bit about that before we hit record. It's always the way. We should always hit record <clears throat> before we hit record. About in the sex industry, if you take sexuality professionals 
of all different kinds, the sacred sexuality ones and the neo-tantra ones and the and the kinky BDSM ones, and then even sex toy websites. And you know, there's so much out there in the sex industry, if I use that broadly. But you were saying that that's you didn't start where you are. You didn't start with understanding the psychology of desire. Obviously, that's something you learned over time. And and same with me, you know, I didn't start knowing I had the magic that I have now. It it's a learning process, but I'm really let's start with where you started if you're happy to share that. Sure. When I first started, I sneakily put my ad in the country town newspaper with my friend and did really quick, cheap sex. And our advert was just <laughs> busty blonde. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you just what turn up that though. What made you think I know I'm gonna put an ad in the paper? Money. I wanted money. I wanted surgery and it was gonna cost me twenty thousand dollars and I had no way of getting it on my normal income in my respectable job. So I said, okay, I'm why not? I'm gonna give it a go. Let's put an ad in the paper with my friend. And um I wouldn't wouldn't tell anyone that I'd done it. It's like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> And of course, when the kinds of people with the kinds of attitude who call an advert that says busty blonde, 35 or whatever age, I, 25, whatever, I probably lied. What back <laughs> then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, are already in a deeply aroused state. So they're already in an altered state of consciousness mm-hmm. when they call you. So they're not in the place where they can politely negotiate. They're all already in a place where they're speaking <laughs> from that place and uh, we would turn up and we would uh, knock on the door of a complete stranger who we'd never met before we'd had a few minutes conversation on the phone so they uh, we understood a little bit about them that we, in that they either wanted a girlfriend experience they wanted uh, a porn star experience they wanted this kind of body type that kind of sex act and that's pretty much all we knew about them uh and <laughs> what kept happening which <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why this is how I am wired but I guess a kangaroo hops and this is what I do and I just accidentally bring this to everything that I do without meaning to but <laughs> I kept having these really profound experiences with these horny dudes who just wanted to get off thanks and nice tits Right, right. They literally <laughs> wanted a, like penetrative sex. Yes, they wanted penetrative sex. And, um, and most, yes, or be introduced to a strap-on, or uh, you know, a various. There's a few different things that they might ask for, but most of the time, this was this was that sort of thing. But what happened is once you do, you start uh, having these encounters, and they start so occasionally just ending up going, "What the." What the hell was that? What is that? And then and then another time it doesn't happen. And then another time it does. And then you say, what, what's the common denominator here? What's, what's actually happening here? What even is this? And people kept saying to me, I, I didn't even know I could feel that way. I didn't even know this was possible. Right. And we just did dirty sex. We, did, we didn't yeah. try to do, we didn't you do anything it. holy. Yeah, but it was you. Like there's something in you that is a catalyst, right? Naturally, it's naturally there. You just didn't know it. Well, it's in me or it's just I know, I'm intuitively know them. I could figure them out. Mm. So what I did work out after a little while is that it is actually the way that I listened to their turn-ons. It's the way that I actually heard what they were saying with their turn-ons because when you hear somebody's fantasy around wanting to try a strap on for the first time and they're wanting to have dirty talk that goes along with it and it seems like this is not something that seems even remotely spiritual or conscious they're just like just tell me I'm a little whore tell me (laughs) tell me you know that I'm your cum bucket or something like that right and so we'd be going into it I'm not trying to be holy I'm not trying to get to some ecstatic place I'm not even trying to make it something else I'm trying to make twenty thousand dollars right you're like show me the money I'm doing the thing you said right but you you begin to notice that every single person is different 
because especially when you're trying to, you're taking a lot of clients in a row because you're trying to earn your money really quickly, um, you know, and you're knocking on that door and you have no idea who's on the other side or what they're wanting. And it's like you're walking into an improv. Mm. You're walking into actors improv thing that's halfway through a scene. And you have to just go into that scene and work out what's happening on the fly. <laughs> right. As it's happening and flow with it and create and create something from that space. And when you start doing that over and over and over and you notice that each person is has a unique erotic wiring. Nobody is the same. Mm-hmm. If they might ask for the same sex acts, they might ask for the same body type, they might ask for the same um uh you know, porn star or, or girlfriend experience or, or or dominate me mistress, but their actual imprint, their sexual wiring is unique to their particular psyche yeah. and their turn-ons are the exact ingredients they need to create the psychological conditions that they need to let go and drop deeper into those altered erotic states. Right. Right. And as we know, just as a side, those deeper erotic states are amazing and beautiful and delicious, but they are also soul changing. They like change everything. They're not just about sex. Sex is the doorway in. I do. I think that being sexually aroused is actually not, is the vehicle that gets us there. Right. Right. So I trust each person's particular erotic wiring. I trust it. If they come in and they're kinky, then we follow their kinky path. If they want to do porn star style things, then we follow the particular essence behind their desires in that porn star scene, right? So it's not about acting out the porn star scene. That wouldn't achieve anything very well. It would. It would achieve a bit of fun, but it wouldn't get, it's, that's not the point. It's actually recognizing the key elements in those turn-ons and tapping into them on purpose. And then the person is like, oh, that's why my brain works like that. That's where it's taking me. Oh. <laughs> so it's the desire behind the desire, really. It's it's like, it's what's really going on underneath. What sounds like, I want girlfriend experience, but it's like, what's driving that? That's where you get to. Right. Beautifully said. I want girlfriend experience. Why do you want girlfriend experience? Oh, because I need to feel nurtured and cared for, okay? And I just want to feel some connection. I just want to, okay, great, awesome. What do you get to feel when you're feeling that? Oh, then I get to let go. Oh, then I can then I can trust to let go. Okay, cool. But, you know, you're faking it. You're just doing it for the money, so I don't believe you. Okay. All right, okay. So tell me a little bit more about your turn-ons. Right. <laughs> All right. So what do you get to feel? When in your idealized fantasy version of this girlfriend experience, because let's let's face it, I can't be here. I'm not even going to try, but I am going to listen to what it is that your turn-ons are trying to tell me about you, right. <laughs> and we start playing from there. Right, and I, I really want to come in and unpick that a bit, but I, I wanted to say something, just point out something so important, which is mm. when someone. Like you said, you walk into a scene that's already halfway played out. They've played this out in their head a million times, especially at that place that you started. It's already played out and they're just looking for the actor to come in and take up that place. But you can't be that because you're not in their head. Although I think you get in their head eventually, but you're not, you know, you haven't seen the scene in their head played out. So we can't exactly say the right things and do the right hand gestures and and all of that. But what you do, this is why I just, you are a master of this craft, is you get behind the thing to a place that they don't even necessarily consciously understand themselves, which is why you can blow them open. Right. And it turns out that once that you can actually learn this, you can learn how to do this. Initially, I didn't know how to teach it. I only knew how to do it. And it's taken me a while to be able to break it down into a set of systems and tools so that people can learn how to actually recognize this part of them and play with it on purpose. But it turns out you can do that. Check it out. <laughs> and, and that's what you do now, right? So are you doing any of the like hands-on, as it were, with clients taking them no. on journeys? No. Okay. No, I've retired from sex work entirely. So I am, well, from any of the hands-on touch play um, work. And now I'm teaching people how to do what I did. That's and, amazing. 
Yeah, which, you know, I think it's pretty exciting. <laughs> and who do you teach? Do, so I think you teach professionals, like sex work professionals. Do you work with, say, couples or just individuals who want to learn that? Yes, I'm actually, sometimes I work with couples, but I actually prefer to work with singles. I'm also working with actually a surprising amount of therapists are coming to learn this for me. <laughs> they love it. They're like, oh, yes, this is the thing. And other sexuality professionals are learning, but just people who want to explore themselves, who have this sense that as exciting and as fun as all of the things that they've tried are, that there's this thing out of the corner of their eye that there's something more, there's something that this thing could take them to and they just don't know how and this is how I um, I help them. Also people who who really just want to be able to understand not just themselves but their lovers and go, oh, I can recognise that your imprint is different to my imprint. Let's take turns exploring each other's so that we can. That's um, so important though, isn't it? Because if your turn-ons are the exact map that your individual psyche needs to move from its everyday consciousness to this most surrendered, open, ecstatic, wonderful, just being an experiencing place, that's your map. It's not the other person's map. Right. If you try and play with both maps at the same time, you might hit one or two of the spots for each other and have a nice time, but you're never going to get the full potential of where you could go. Right. So taking turns is really important so that you can actually follow that path all the way through to the end. And then you get a deeper, broader, richer experience of, of where your map takes you, right? That's right. One of the most basic but also profound things I, I learned when I was coming up to those, shall we say, sacred sexuality workshops was... Often when we're with someone, with a lover, we're often both doing and sort of receiving at the same time. But if you separate those out and someone's just giving and someone's just receiving, and I use those terms loosely, then you have a deeper experience. And it I never occurred, like, it's like, I was like, wow, wow. Okay. And, and obviously there's a richness to both sides, but what you're talking about is even richer and deeper. Yes, it's not just taking turns touching or being the one doing and the one receiving. It is about actually let's create an entire, let's get together, collaborate, have a wonderful, exciting time coming up with ways that we can create an entire experience based on your sexual imprint this date night. Mm -hmm. Next fortnight, my date night, let's do it on me. And then you get together and have this wonderful time collaborating and planning and playing and exploring and coming up with all sorts of ways to to be able to do that for each other. So I think um, initially people really fear that because one of the things that stops us from letting go is I need the other person to be turned on by my turn-ons or I can't let go. Mm, okay, interesting. When, what is, and why is that? Is that so we feel safe? Mm, it's definitely a safety thing because if I, it's, it's like, I'm going to be naked while you're still clothed. That's not fair. I need you to be naked too, and then I'll feel safe. It's it's mm -hmm. like the psychological and emotional equivalent of that, right? So people initially feel really uncomfortable about that. But once you take on this collaboration and you make it a teamwork thing that you're going to co-create an erotic experience, a purposeful adult play date for one person's particular wiring, it's kind of like... Well, let's put it this way. As a sex worker who saw thousands of people, mm. thousands, literally created tailored playdates based on the unique erotic wiring for thousands of different psyches, right? There is no way that I was turned on by all of those different turn-ons. There is no way that that happened to be magically my turn-on too. That's just not possible, right? right? And so... If I just faked it, they kind of felt it. Right. They had a bit of a fun time, but they kind of felt it. And yeah. that didn't work either. So how do I support them genuinely and be there with them in a way that's going to flick that safety switch inside them so that they can really let go into that vulnerable place mm. and play? Well, it's kind of, the only way I can describe it is it's kind of like 
the joy you have when you're, you're organizing a surprise party for someone you love dearly, right? Or um, even if you don't love them dearly, you just have, have them in uh, positive regard and you're excited and you want to create something really gorgeous for them, right? So, and you, you think about what they're like, you think about how you can surprise them with this cute thing because that that's going to be exactly their thing that was from their childhood and this is going to set off their favourite taste buds and <laughs> it's about right. the excitement of going to all of the effort of creating that and then really trying to work them out. So being really thrilling and fascinated by their particular, thrilled and fascinated by their particular mind, their particular experience and because I was so present and so fascinated and so interested in who they were. And, you know, I got into the flow state from doing that. Like I was almost like a, a bit of a predator hunting down their psyche and working it out and figuring it out and then getting a thrill when I found it, you know. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. I, I've often referred to myself as conscious succubus because like you say, I don't have to have the same turn on as them. What turns me on is that they're turned on. So, you know, and with you, you're creating, I was thinking, as you were saying about creating a surprise party, you knew that they wanted chocolate cake with strawberries on top with a stream of vanilla going, you know, like really something specific. And your excitement was in being able to create that for them and witnessing them being turned on by that, which you provided. Right. And they can feel uh, whether they're conscious of it or not. They know if I'm in the flow state, if I'm not in the flow state, they can get excited, they can get aroused, but they they kind of don't go into flow state. Yeah, same. So there's a difference, right? Yeah. So if I go into flow state with them, even though it's not my turn on, then then we're both there together. Then we're both naked, even though it's their particular turn ons. Yeah, and same, you know, my work is slightly different, but it's the same. I have to be, it's not that I have to be, I am in the flow state with them, you know, <laughs> Sorry, it's reminded me of something. And I know you of so many people will understand this. Years ago, when I was at my own version of, I wasn't doing penetrative sex, but I was kind of doing what we professionals call rubbing a tug, you know, so like erotic massage. But for, for, it was erotic massage and sensual massage. And I kind of meant it as a holy thing, but I was seeing guys who didn't know that I meant it as a holy thing when I was first starting. And I had a chap come along. He had asked for, I think he'd asked for erotic massage. So he comes along, we have a little chat, boundaries and consent, you know, health and safety, lay him down. And I start connecting in with his body. And after a few minutes, he's, he turned around and goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm starting to do the erotic massage. He went, you are being intimate. <laughs> and I went, yes. And, <laughs> and this wasn't about where I'd touched him. It was how I'd touched him. It was that I was utterly present which I had assumed, like, it wouldn't occur to me to not be, you know, <laughs> but he was horrified. He really wanted, and I, and I hadn't gleaned this. So that was in a way my bad, but he, he just wanted literally rubbing a tug, which I couldn't do. I, I couldn't not bring my full presence. And in the end, he decided to leave. I was horrified, you know, mm. little baby erotic massage me was just like, oh my God, I, what did I do wrong? And if I'd been you, I might have got underneath what he was actually looking for and still been able to provide what he said he wanted, but in a way that opened up his experience. But I, oh, I didn't have that experience then. Yeah, I've had so many times when I didn't have that experience yet either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a little bit but, you know, I perceive you as always knowing how to get over the So well, now I would know exactly what to do with someone like that. Absolutely. Right. Right. Because they're getting their safety in the detachment. That's how they're getting their, I can be naked in front of you, uh, even though you've got your clothes on, psychologically speaking, because there's detachment and that makes it safe. Right. Yeah. And I would understand <laughs> it now, probably maybe not how you do, but I would understand it more than I did then and be less horrified mm. and be more, yeah. more different. Yeah. <laughs> Well, when people do that, they often, uh, their gateway into the arousal is often through excitement rather than through intimacy. Like they can access the intimacy after they've had the excitement, not before. So it's just which order it goes in, right? So for someone like that, you start finding out what makes them excited and listening to the particular turn-ons that they have um, in order to get them to a place where they're then open. But this is great because this is, I mean, 
people will come up with all sorts of fantasies in that place that can be sleazy and 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 dirty and all sorts of um, wonderful things actually. But initially they're like, what's that got to do with these oneness ecstatic states you're talking right. about? You're crazy lady. Right. <laughs> right. What? What's going on? But these these are the things we listen to. That's the exact clue we need to hear. Let's say somebody came in with a, a, a fantasy about cheating and they want to talk about cheating and actually they don't have a partner. They're not cheating at all. Right. <laughs> and actually they don't even need to cheat. Uh, like it's not, they don't, it's not about literally cheating. It's just the idea of cheating that is getting them really excited. So I will go and play with that. I don't try and live out their fantasy exactly as they tell me because they'll have a whole scenario around it that they'll have I don't I don't listen I don't try and do that. What I do is I listen to what's going on for them. I'm going, "Oh, okay, I can hear now if I listen. That is that the way that person creates safety for themselves to let go erotically because they can't actually receive pleasure without feeling guilty. Mm. They are somebody who always puts somebody, them, you know, other people first. They're always in service to somebody else's pleasure, and it actually feels like they are cheating another person of pleasure if they focus on their own pleasure. Right, right. So they, their mind has come up with this scenario where it's going, "Oh, I can't feel pleasure. I can't. I can't. I can't." There's a block in the way because. It's wrong, it's bad, it's cheating. And your turn-ons are so clever. They go, oh, that's the block. Whatever block you come up with, I will find a way around. I will make the very block itself horny. <laughs> that's it, right? That is the big clue. That's it there. Mm. That's it right there. It flips whatever is blocking you from letting go and turns it into a turn-on somehow in some form or another. And if you look at the fantasies, you can see, oh, that's why we do need to listen to that. That's why we do need to listen to what turns them on because it's the exact thing that will create the safety for them to let go. And then they're then they're ready for your intimacy, mm-hmm. but not before. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because my work evolved to, I mean, if there was a pattern to the work, it's clearing obstacles first or addressing obstacles or, you know, but, but well, I guess addressing is a better word than clearing. I, I say clearing a lot because with my clients, that's where we go often, but it is addressing the obstacle. You're not going to, you're not going to get straight to the desire or turn on or your true nature and all the spiritual stuff that often arises if the obstacle's in place. And what you do is you recognize that it's become an erotic, they've eroticized the obstacle. Yeah. The, the turn ons are pretty much the map to get past any single obstacle that is there. It's not just about getting past it, actually. Once you start playing with it on purpose, like when you initially start playing with it, it's just kind of getting past it and getting a bit horny, getting excited, having a nice time, having an orgasm and finishing. When you start recognising them and playing with them on purpose, you see encoded in that turn on, it's got the poison and the antidote and it transmutes it right there in the turn on, in the play and moves through, right? Okay, so (laughs) The, ter- the the say it again about the poison and the antidote because that was just so, <laughs> so whatever block is there that's the poison so it, it's going to have the poison and the antidote encoded in their particular turn on the way they need it with the way their psyche needs it not how someone else thinks they should mm-hmm. and when you take the essence from behind that symbolism then and it transmutes in the play during the play it's not um something that needs to be cleared out it actually transforms that thing so interesting so fascinating watching it happen again and again going whoa yeah and it creates freedom creates liberation it's amazing it's so amazing and then that's when you start accessing those the deeper potential of it so so this is why i started working with desire itself One of the things that I'm really passionate about is helping people form an intentional, aware relationship with the part of their own psyche that creates the turn-ons in the first place. Mm. God, you must be one of the few people on the planet doing that. I don't know of anyone else doing this. (laughs) Well, there you go. And I only said that not to offend anyone who might else be doing it, but it's, it's such a unique gift and unique 
way of perceiving desire and turn on. So go back down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Okay. I love this rabbit hole. I'm happy to go to this rabbit hole. (laughs) So basically, let's think about, let's take it back a step or two. All good sex is actually really good because it takes us somewhere inside of ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It's nothing wrong with sex that just gives us some physical release. I like to rub one out every now and again for no other reason too. It's quite nice. Release once in a while, yeah. Absolutely. But when you want to start to also be able to, at choice, access the, the fuller potential of where your erotic psyche can take you, it's about noticing that the good sex is about moving from being stuck in your head, thinking in everyday linear logic, into a place where you drop down and they're no longer guarded, you're open, you're vulnerable, you are no longer thinking, you're experiencing, you're being and the deeper you drop into that is where and you can start with little shallow drops into that and you can get deeper ones and then you can learn how to follow these turn-ons all the way down until you have unity state experiences where it's oneness feelings like you no longer feel that you're separate from anything really you are one (laughs) with everything yeah and and you experience it's like if I were to touch your body and you weren't in that state, you would think you were your body. But when you are together, not even touching, but just being in that state together, you're everywhere. You're experiencing the sensory. It's hard to put into words, isn't it? Because it's a direct experience thing. But I know it. And I think what's really, I'm going to have to come do some work with you because what I find fascinating is I help my clients learn how to go to those states by choice and to, but kind of from a different pathway. And I think you've got a piece that's really crucial. Yeah, so, I can't even put it into words yet. I'm going to have to come back to you on that bit. But this, it's just crucial, what you do. It really is. Thank you for seeing it. That gets me excited. But you're, what you're doing is also crucial and important. It's it's just a different pathway, like you said. There are different routes in, and some people will go in through the arousal style of intimacy first to get their safety, and then they will move through and, they, and access different parts. And some people will get... The uh, go through senses only first, mm-hmm. and then they need to move through to get to their unity states and follow their particular pattern. And I've certainly worked with everyone with all of these arousal styles, but my speciality is working with people who have fantasy and yes, that kind of turn on. From that's their pathway. Like fantasy is the path of the mind. Of course, it has all of the maps and how to move your consciousness from one place to another. This is so interesting to me because I think I am not a master of fantasy and understanding how to work with fantasy to get to those places. I've almost got like what I call truth tears. I get truth tears when I hit on something that's not my truth or your truth, but truth. And it's that that's almost like a um, it's like the lights are almost off for me in that area. I can work with it a bit, but it's definitely like I definitely don't have mastery there like you do probably not even like high school diploma there, you know, I can get to the same place, but from somewhere else completely, whereas, which is why your piece, which is why like maybe no one else is doing it. It's so important because you use fantasy. Also, you are able to include, and it's probably a poor choice of word here, but include the mind in a way that I also don't like I'm good from the neck down and can and take people there and give them a direct experience and show them how to repeatedly get there and all of that stuff. But once the mind gets included, I get a bit lost, but that's your, it's almost like that's your specialty. It is my specialty because that's my path in. So I know it. Oh, so many things clinking into place. <laughs> but honestly, I've still got the truth tears. And that, yeah, fascinating. So, so many questions arise before I bomb you with them. <laughs> I, I don't even know what question to, to start with. So you say some stuff and then I will come back at you. <laughs> because I'm, I, I feel like so many pennies are dropping for me now about okay. the, like, absolute unique special like I knew it was special it's why I wanted you here I wanted to talk about the psychology of desire but you've just kind of opened that out in a way that I hadn't even seen before uh, maybe seen like uh, looking over the hedge but now have a deeper understanding of yeah fantastic yeah. that makes me very happy <laughs> yeah 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 no. you're able to put words to it so eloquently thank you mm. 
So desire is interesting. People may use the word desire to mean several different things. And the way that I'm using it right now is I'm using it as this motivating force that's in our unconscious. It's not in our conscious at all. It lives in our unconscious and it sends messages from there, motivating messages, right? I want, it says, and it tells you what it wants. But you know that it's come from this place called desire from your unconscious because it just arrives in your conscious. You didn't choose to want it. You didn't imagine it first. It just comes from there. If you suddenly want pickles when you're pregnant, you know you want pickles and it's just fully formed wanting, right? Clearly there, you know, right? You didn't decide to want them. You want them. This is desire's nature. It sends symbolic messages from that dreamlike unconscious place up to point us in the right direction to move, to create the right psychological conditions to be able to let go and, and enter into a place where it is. And do you think or believe that the reason, so that something comes up to help us and correct me if I'm wrong, guide us back to that which we really are, which is oneness. Yes and no. Both. Okay. Open that out a little bit. Okay. So I don't think we're meant to stay. Yes, it does take us to who we really are beyond our personalities. Like it feels like a remembering. It's like, oh, that's who I really am. And if, And I have no idea if we live after outside of this lifetime or not. I have no idea, but possibly we don't. But when we get in that state, it feels like we've just remembered who our soul is. Right. (laughs) Feel connected to everything all at once. It doesn't matter if there's time or not time or. Right. So it's a pretty, pretty amazing experience, but we're not meant to stay there because in that place where everything, and we can't remember that we're individual, Mm -hmm. right? So we'll be able to, what this, what approaching sexual play does in this framework is it enables those channels to be open so we can move at will between them and they're now open and they can communicate with each other, whereas before they were cut off from each other. Yes, and that reminds me, there's a quote by, maybe it's the Dalai Lama or something, about we're not meant to, I'm going to say it less eloquently than it was actually said, but it's something about we're not supposed to transcend the body we're meant to embody the transcendent. So like you say, we're not supposed to go to those states and stay there. We're supposed to sort of have a living memory of it as we go about our embodied human life. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so let's, so my, actually the crux of my theory, which I have not heard said anywhere else, and I think is all mine. Well, at least I've never encountered it anyway. You don't know what you don't know. But the crux of 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 my uh, my theory is that our the entire job of our turn-ons is to move our consciousness from ego which keeps us separate and aware that we even are an individual without an ego you don't even know that you're Rebecca and I'm Artemisia there is no <laughs> we just think we're all one ego is the thing that makes us feel individual and it's really invested in keeping us individual because its whole job is to protect us. It's protect us, our self-identity, protect our self-worth, our resources, our rank in the, in the social tribe that we're part of, right? <laughs> right? That's its whole job. And it really is trying very hard to keep us safe. That's its entire, it's like a really vigilant soldier putting up walls for any possibility that you might be vulnerable at any time. <laughs> right. Let's not have anything change. This is the status quo now. This is how we move through the world. This is it, right? And it doesn't want to change at all. Yes, status quo, stay, stay. And it's eye-focused and it, and we need it. It's really important. We need to be able to come back to this tip of the iceberg place, mm. right? But um, if we stay in the walls that are safe that it created, we can't connect with anyone. Right. We can't connect with anything. We can't even dip our toe into connection. So in order to merge into a we state to connect with another person just as a lover, forget oneness states for now, just connect with somebody else, Yeah, right? Um, 
to, to move into it from I to we, there is a process of creating the right psychological conditions that are going to convince ego to let go of the reins. So every single turn on is actually appeasing some concern of egos mm-hmm. and making it go, oh, that's all right, then I'll let go. That is fascinating. You just about every word or sentence you say is blowing up other areas that I'm gonna have to come back to another time because many puzzle pieces are falling into place. Like when you talk <laughs> about ego, I think of ego as like a locality, you know, it's like our idea of ourselves here in this moment. But if you are say of um I might have this wrong, but like say a narcissist who can't comprehend that there's other than them, you know, then you're so localized and the ego is keeping you right here at this point of you. Like you say, it's I, in order to not be, I don't know, the correct or maybe psychopathic or, or narcissist or whatever, you have to have a little bit of perception that there's others, but in order to connect with them, you have to kind of broaden out a little bit and the ego is always fighting it. I guess some egos are more elastic than others. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And our ego's concerns are going to be based, created by uh, just our, our personality, our biology. Also, you know, genetics, certain people, certain characteristics get passed down. Um, also social experiences that we've had and form us. Um, but also just, just, just yeah, as I said before, just the biology of its job is to remind you that you are an individual, therefore you do need to lock the car because somebody else might take it. <laughs> right, right. It's really. <laughs> How exquisite is it then that the hidden in the psyche is the department known as desire that says this person needs to not be an island. They need to be able to connect with others. So let's send up a signal that their brain will interpret as a desire erotic desire here, and they're going to get some needs met that will help them open out and connect more deeply. Exactly right. This thing is, uh, it, it doesn't do it all the time. It doesn't do it left, right, and center, but there are times when it's better to be we instead of I. And if you're going to have, um, the ego is a very strong and determined soldier force putting those walls up. You're going to need an equally strong counterbalance force <laughs> to to, draw you, to motivate you to move from I to we right and we starts with just you know we I'm letting you, I'm letting you in a little bit I'm letting you see a little bit of my vulnerability but a really long deep dive into we is is oh my god I'm one with the universe right, right. and so, there's along the way isn't there like you say it might be someone allowing you as a practitioner to see something they've not told anyone else before or to see them in arousal or even speaking their desire or, or something like that. That's opening a window, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, then so, also- and, and the sexual flow state is the beginning of the altered, the erotic altered states. There's actually a whole lot of different ones that, that go beyond that, underneath that. Would you say uh, something about the sexual flow state? Just because I think that's a term that some people listening might not have heard. Okay, so sexual flow state is this place where you're no longer focused in the head. You're no longer eye-focused. Think about times when you've been on the dance floor and everybody just feels like they're in sync and it just for a temporary moment you're all one heartbeat and it just, that's flow. You're not thinking, you're just being, you are one with the music, you're one with each other and it just feels like one big organism. This is one of our little oneness experiences right there. I can even get it from life drawing classes. And I go, when we're all drawing the model together, but we're listening to the same music, we're all focused in the, uh, in the artist creation mode and we're all just in sync and we can get a feeling of, oh, we slipped a little bit into a, a oneness thing there. We slipped a little bit into flow state where we're not thinking, we're not analysing, we're being, we're experiencing. We're just uh, and create, Yeah, and, and creative stuff comes through when there's that space all by itself. Right. right. So this is this is where it's shifting us to. But how does like a, a fantasy of you know a dominatrix or or um, you know cheating or <laughs> threesomes, you know, play into that? How is that the, the psychological mechanism that moves us? Well, let's face it. Ego's fear is I'm not good enough. They won't want me. 
I'm not wanted sexual intersexual fantasy. Actually, have a threesome. Look how hot and wild these two, not just one, two people are going mental for you right now. They're losing, they're going animal. They're loving it. And then, oh, wow, they want me. I'm wanted. I'm safe. I can let go now. Okay, I can I can now feel my sexual arousal. Okay, I can I can have a taste of it. I can start to drop into it. Um, amazing. So, would you walk us through like you just kind of did with a threesome? But like let like let's pick a fantasy. It could be one that you particularly enjoy or one that you've seen a lot of, and walk us through the psychology behind it. I know that you say like you could for for a hundred people who have a threesome fantasy, they each have a different doorway into it, right? Yes, they do. You have to listen. To, I can't say all fantasies are going to be about that exact thing that I just said before. Okay. Actually, that's just a common thread. You can't just say, oh, threesomes mean this and, and like right. a dream diary. Like, no, it doesn't work yeah, that I was way. Thinking of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't hear that then. Okay. So no. what you do is teach people how to get behind it because it's not a map like that. It's not like a dream diary that if you dream about wolves, you're wanting to hunt or I don't know, making that up. But so this is mm. with fantasy everyone who comes to a fantasy comes to it from a different angle that's right so that's why um one of the key things is first of all you get to know this part of you that is is desire then you have to start understanding the key elements of your erotic psyche so the key things that we to look for in somebody's fantasy when they came to me in the divinery and they sat on my red velvet couch and they were telling me about their sexual fantasies in order for me to create a place experience for them I would listen to, okay, so you, they just say, mistress, take control. I want you to dominate me. Mm-hmm. I want it to be, <laughs> I want you to just be in control or I can't let go. I'm like, great. <laughs> I'm going to need some more refreshing. Yeah, okay. that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I, I would like to know, I would like you to tell me about your ideal fantasy mistress. I'm not going to try and be her, but you will be giving away all sorts of information that you don't even realize you're giving away when you tell me about your fantasy version of her. And I will use that information against you to get a reaction that I want. (laughs) Okay. And so that's actually helped me get something is that you are, you are naturally skilled. Maybe you learned it because now you've that you can teach it at asking the right questions, asking someone the right questions to get behind their desire. It's not like it's obvious. Like you say, if they just say, I want you to take control, that doesn't give you much, but you can get them to tell you what's behind that. Right. So then let's ask some questions. Let's tease that out. Let's imagine what does dominated actually mean to this person? I go, okay. So besides the actual acts that you're interested in, let's just imagine a time when you've you know, your fantasy is at its peak. It's really exciting. You know, these sorts of images work for you all the time. What is the attitude that that dominatrix has towards you in that moment? Is she controlling but nurturing like a parent would be? Is she disdainful and distance? Is she laughing at you like a bully? Is she enjoying being cruel while you suffer? Is she just like a scientist who has no reaction whatsoever? <laughs> give me some, <laughs> give me some idea here of what kind of attitude she has towards you, because that will tell me some of the psychological conditions that they, their ego needs it to feel safe and be appeased. Right, right. right. So it's very nuanced, isn't it? It's very nuanced, as we are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are, and each person will be a little bit different. Like, um, if you get. Like I did a lot of strap-on play and somebody might and they and they might all want to surrender to me, but one person might want to surrender to me with the attitude that they are a sissy slut and their holes are being used and they're never going to be good for anything else and now they have to be a girl. But I'm just doing it really lovingly like I'm an aunt. <laughs> this is for your own good. <laughs> somebody else <laughs> might be actually, you're doing this, like this strap on play is actually about you enjoying humiliating me for not being good enough, but and you have to be doing it in, in a way that is actually humiliating and I need to feel embarrassment or I'm not going to have my key ingredient, my creek, my block included. In order to have an antidote to the poison, you have to include the poison. Right. Yeah, I get right? that. 
I get that. Yeah. To not be afraid of it, but actually embrace it. Right. So, so while I might be humiliating them for this role as, as uh, using the strap on, there will be an antidote encoded in their turn on. And it might be for that particular person in their fantasy, at least, I can't hide the fact that I'm also getting very sexually excited. So actually I'm validating them at the same time. And it doesn't have to make sense to the logical mind. It just has to make sense to the part of the mind that was resisting. Yes. That's the part that needs to believe it. And then it will release and it will transmute and it will transform. And suddenly they're, they're, Humiliation is no longer a weapon that can be used against them. It's now a source of pleasure and a gateway to where they were trying to get to. Right, right. And so it doesn't reinforce humiliation in an air quotes bad way. It actually gives it to them as a nutritious meal, a way to engage with it in a way that brings that oneness that you're talking about. Yeah. It's fascinating because I, I generally don't work with people who come with fantasies because it really isn't my... It's not where I go, but you're making me think of a couple of clients where we found our way. There was something that I got in them when they brought their fantasy and we found our way. But like, it's like, I'm not in touch with them anymore, but I'd want to call them and go, go see Artemisia, have a chat with her. She gets it on this really deep level that like, I wish I could have sent them to you then, you know, it was, um, yeah, you've blown away, blown open, not well blown away. Yes. But also blown open a whole area of erotic exploration that well I think like you say you're the only one doing it and you understand it in ways that well and articulate it that's really important you know you understand but you also articulate it I feel like I understand a whole bunch of stuff in my neighborhood but I don't always articulate it well whereas you you do which is why you can teach it right Mm. and having sending them to me now actually is uh, still good because even though I don't create play I don't actually play with anyone anymore when I played with them, I took them to those wonderful places inside of themselves. Well, together, we we collaborated together to do that. Sure. But then they didn't know how to get back there. It was my insight that knew how to do it. And that could take you instantly into an amazing place. And not every session is going to be amazing, by the way. I had some failures too. You can't win them all. What? But... <laughs> But my fantasy. <laughs> but I had a good hit rate. What can I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now what they're doing, I'm teaching. It's slower, but it's deeper because now I'm teaching them to have a deep embodied aware relationship with this own their own part of their own psyche, and how to play with it on purpose themselves. Yes. So now they've got some skills. That's what I do. Which is an you couldn't have known it when you were doing the work before, but it's an obvious evolvement of your work is, you know, for years, I can take you there. I can use what you tell me, get behind it, take you to these places and give you amazing experiences. And now you're saying, let me teach you how to get there yourself or to get there with your partner or to help each other get there, which is so empowering, isn't it? It's just so, it's like, here, let me give you your own map. Yeah, exactly right. Before it was like saving the world one cock at a time. Yeah. Now it's like everybody can have it. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> used to remind me of this chap I worked with. You know, I, I get a lot of guys come who um, struggle to get erections or struggle to keep erections. And he came along and I did all kind of, I, I was going to say I did the usual stuff. There is no usual stuff, but, you know, I follow the person, but I, I followed what I knew how to do with this person. And he didn't actually have a problem getting erections, but he was having trouble getting erections when he wanted them. And I, I was stumped. And it's rare that I'm stumped with that. And I felt I was not serving him well. And we talked a lot about it. And then he, he said he still wanted to come for a session. I was like, okay, I'm at this point, I was like, I really don't know how I'm going to work with him, but I'm open to it. I'll see, you know, like I'll bring all my magic and see what I can do. And we're, he came in and we're chatting and he's, we're trying to find where we're going to, you know, enter into the session here. And he says, I want to show you something. I'm like, okay, going, hopefully there's a clue here, you know? And he, he was wearing like jeans and a, and a shirt and he stood up and he took them off and he had on women's lingerie underneath, you know, like suspender belt and sort of He's like, look, and he was immediately erect. I was like, okay, there's something going on here. But then he did that the next time and he wasn't. And it took a little while but where we got to was his turn on was something new and exciting, something that felt taboo, something that he hadn't done before, which I thought was going to be tricky long term, <laughs> you know, depending on how open he was, because the same turn on didn't always work again. 
And I, it was like all sorts of light bulbs went on for me. I'd not been in that position before as a practitioner because it was quite niche. It was quite specific. You know, I was used to working with people whose whose turn-ons were more um, obvious or more on the surface, or I don't know how to language that, but um, I wish I could send him to you now. Oh, we're not in touch, but I, if you're listening, <laughs> Artemisia is your woman. <laughs> Because you could help him get behind it and find what the core piece is so that then he could find ways to continually get that met without the struggle of what it looked like on the outside. That's right. Without attaching to what the fantasy says Mm -hmm. symbolically. You don't attach to the symbol itself. You attach to the essence behind the symbol. If we think that we have to have big boobs and this particular waist ratio in order to get off, we're actually missing the point. We're attaching to the symbol, not what that symbol represents to us. And then we're limiting our our, our play and who we can connect with and a level of satisfaction. But if you learn like exactly like you said beautifully, the essence behind it, then it's almost like um, you know how dramas have got the same tropes all the way through, but the, the the drama story is different each time, but they hit the same points every time, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> because that's psychologically satisfying to us right. to hit the same points. But a billion different stories can be made into the form of a drama. That's a great illustration. Yeah. Right? So once you understand your points, you can, and your genre, because you might not be a genre, you might be a thriller. Right. <laughs> And he was, that was the thing that was behind it. It wasn't about wearing women's lingerie. It wasn't about some other things he went on to explore. It was the thrill. And that's how he was finding to find his thrill. But I bet you could have given him some maps to it that would have been less exhausting for him. Possibly. I don't know until I talk to him. I don't don't know. But you, but you have a skill set that I didn't have in, in the, you know, we kind of got somewhere with him, but I feel anyway, I, yeah. I, I feel like I'm gonna have to have you back at some point because I feel like so many personal and professional light bulbs have gone on that I need to kind of integrate all that before I can even continue to have a eloquent conversation with you, you know, like to not ask stupid questions and take listeners on a, on a good journey instead of like, Oh, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? Really, your work is so needed right now and so well, probably has been for many years, but it's definitely right now because obviously, you know, you help people know themselves better and deeper. And it's only from knowing ourselves better and deeper that we're going to create a world we want to live in. That's right. Boil it down, to boil it down. And so the piece that you hold, I, I'm getting those truth tears again. The piece that you hold is exquisite and refined and really so specialist, you know, so specialist. So if you are listening and any of this resonates with you, be in touch with Artemisia and we'll talk about how to be in touch in a minute. But also if it doesn't resonate, bookmark it. Because as if you're listening, you're already up for exploring who you are as a sexual being. This you might not have got here yet. Not that it's a hierarchy, but this, it might not resonate yet, but it will. The deeper you go into this work, then you'll come to this, no doubt. So either, you know, be in touch, which will tell you how, or bookmark Artemisia, because she's just holds such a, you hold such a, I can't even language it, you know, just a piece that just needs to be here now. And I'm going to um, talk to you about working with you. <laughs> so is there anything, so we've talked about a lot of stuff, all obviously very related and connected. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you feel is important to insert here? I think we've done really well, actually, for an introduction to my work. You've let me ramble and and talk about all sorts of wonderful things. That's probably enough to compute for right now, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of at capacity for like, like I said, now I need to let it integrate and sink in and, and then know where to go next with it. So, okay. So then how can people be in touch with you, stay in touch with you, find out more about what you offer? Okay, because anything to do with sex keeps getting kicked off social media. Mm -hmm. I'm now exclusively on a mailing list and I write about all of this stuff regularly on my free mailing list. So please join in that. I also have a paid mailing list where I go deep into 
the Furies over the fortnightly newsletter and each month all of the members get together on a live Zoom and we discuss it together. So this is an affordable way to learn this work without having to have pay for private sessions. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so we are going over somebody's fantasies at the moment in the divine, I call it the divinery named after the space that I used to work in. Now it's the online membership is the divinery, right? Um, The safe container, like your, your working space would have been. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not it's not as deeply safe as that because you know anyone can join right. a paid paid newsletter. But, right. okay. but <laughs> um, it's still got you at the helm, so you know. Yeah, and I am running a little two-hour Zoom workshop coming up on March seventeen. Didn't I say that was what it was? I hope so. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put links and, to both your newsletters, paid and free, and we'll put a yep. link to the course. Okay, just an introduction to sex, power, and consciousness. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, that's exciting. I feel like that's really great ways too for people to tap into the work, get a little flavor of it, sniff around, you know, and then go deeper. And there's so much to learn from you. So thank you so much for coming and sharing your genius, you know, your mastery here. It really is mastery. I use that correctly here you know you have mastery of this in a way I've never seen before and um, mistressy (laughs) yeah thank you Ah. but I'm so grateful for what you do and I learned so much from you and will continue to do so and I encourage everyone to go and sign up for your stuff and and learn thank you thank you so much for letting me carry on about my favorite geek out things (laughs) thank you bye bye Thank you for listening to the Sexual Alchemy Podcast. I'm Rebecca Lowry, and I am super excited to invite you to the upcoming online Festival of Sexuality. It's taking place online April 7th to the 10th, 2022, and you can sign up for free on my website and using the link in the show notes below. I've got an incredible lineup of superstar presenters with fascinating topics around sexuality, pleasure, intimacy, and more. It's free to sign up and you'll receive news, special offers, and everything you need to join us for four days of fun, learning, discussions, and celebrating being the magnificent sexual being that you are.